In a world where sports rule the airways, there are two who dare to break from the norm. It's time for the Movie Zone, starring Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot. Now playing on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hey there, I'm Austin. He's Johnny. It is the Movie Zone. We're excited to be back. Excited to have you taking a break from playoff coverage uh, to talk some movies. Everyone's favorite pastime. And we've got two big openings Mm. this week to get to. Huge. We also have an industry interview in segment two. And we have a from the archives planned and a poll question. And all kinds of stuff, so we got to dive right in. No nonsense this week. No, no, straight to it, but I'll throw a little nonsense in. Okay, is that a promise or a threat? Both. Or a threatening promise? It's both. Or a promising threat? Maybe none. Well, uh, <laughs> I for the uh, showcase, or not showcase, but showdown this week, uh, I pulled a Johnny Lightfoot. You did? Uh, we hosted the Jazz Playoff Overtime on Sunday night Yeah. into Monday morning. Yep. Uh, now we've got two games under our belts, by the way. Catch us after each and every game for Jazz Playoff Overtime. Uh, but uh, because of that, I forgot to put out the Movie Zone Movie Showdown. And true to form is awesome to do to me. He would text me and say, hey, did you throw out a showdown? And I'd be like, oh, well, that was the reverse this week. <laughs> well, so I put it out on Monday. The Movie Zone Movie Showdown, which is the better movie. And I went basketball, and I went jazz somewhat related basketball on these movies okay, because of the jazz playoffs. Smart. Celtic Pride. Oh, I love that. Or Basketball. Oh. And I did say in this case, which is the least terrible movie, because oh. they're both not great. Mm. Which one did you vote for? Which is the better or least terrible movie? Celtic Pride, where the jazz win the NBA title. Or Basketball, the South Park Creators movie. Are you saying that the Jazz winning the NBA title is not going to happen? No, they, they won it in that movie. Okay. The movie. Okay, just clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the, clarify. Yeah. I would go with Basketball because I love the South Park guys. And I'd go with Celtic Pride. Yeah. Uh, Lyle said, has to be a tie. Landon said Celtic Pride because Marv was a kidnapper. Marv from Home Alone, yep. Daniel Stern. Yep. And Shooter McGavin was uh, the coach of the Jazz. He was. Brand uh, says this isn't even a debate. Two psycho fans kidnapped the greatest jazz player since Bernie Fryer. Professional sports says Celtic Pride redeems itself with the jazz winning the title. The winner, after just 88 <laughs> votes, Celtic Pride, ah, 58% boo! to 42% boo. for basketball. It's because it said, the, you know what the best line in basketball is? In basketball? basketball? Is, do you know what the best line in basketball is? No. They're talking about all the teams traveling around, and they say the Minnesota Lakers moved to L.A. where there is no lakes. The New Orleans Jazz moved to Utah where they don't allow music. (laughs) (sighs) I know. I know. So there you go. That's the showdown results. Uh, Celtic Pride beats up basketball. All right, let's dive into the new releases this (laughs) week, I love those movies. Uh, Our friend Larry Tassoni sending us the info for the releases this week, and we're starting with A Quiet Place Part 2. Oh, yeah. I guess you, I'm guessing you didn't see the first one. I did. You did? Yeah. That's um, shocking to me. Because, and this is why our poll question this week is as such, what is the most suspenseful movie you've ever seen? Uh, because A Quiet Place is not really a horror movie as much as it is a suspense movie, right? Yeah, sci-fi suspense. Yeah. Sure. So I went along with it. Uh, PG-13, though, is A Quiet Place Part 2, starring, yes, Emily Blunt, Millicent Simmons, Cillian Murphy, and Jimon Hansu. 
also John Krasinski, mm-hmm. but hey. Following the events at home, the Abbott family now faced the terrors of the outside world. Forced to venture into the unknown, they realize the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats lurking beyond the sand path. Mm, something a, else lurks. A Quiet Place Part 2 is going to be amazing. It's going it to be a great experience, and it deserves a ton of accolade and a ton of your money to go see it in the theater because they're not doing the streaming of this. They're not. No, it's this only is a available. theater experience movie. You remember the, the tales of people when they saw the first one, they didn't even touch their popcorn nope. because it was so suspenseful. I think that A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place Part 2 are must-see films for uh, fans of, of movies. And big props to John and Emily for not doing the dual movie theater and streaming. Yep. Only movie theaters. I think that's really cool. And these are probably the best movies where there's hardly any talking in them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because they could hear you talk. That, that's the, the animals or the animals. The aliens, I'm calling them. Yeah. Well, there's a spoiler alert. The creatures that hunt by oh, sound. Oh, this is no spoiler. If you're, see, if you're seeing part two, you've seen part one. So get on Twitter, at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot One. What's the most suspenseful movie you have ever seen? We'll get to your responses here momentarily. Showgirls, absolutely terrifying. <laughs> Tell us about Cruella. Oh, I'm excited about Cruella, Austin. A rated PG-13 comedy crime do- drama starring Emma Stone, Emma Thompson, Joel Fry from Yesterday, Paul Walter, Walter Hauser from Richard Jewell, and I, Tanya. He was, he's a terrific actor. Yes, he is. Before she becomes Cruella DeVille, teenage Estelle has a dream. She wishes to become a fashion designer, having been gifted with talent, innovation, and ambition, all in equal measures. But life seems intent on making sure her dreams never come true. Having wound up penniless and orphaned in London... Estella runs wild. Wait, did I say that right? Yeah. Estella runs wild through the city streets with her best friends and partners in petty crime. See what they did there? (laughs) Horace and Jasper, two amateur thieves. When a chance encounter vaults Estella into the world of the young, rich, and famous... However, she begins to question the existence she's built for herself and wonders whether she might indeed be destined for more after all. So this is... This is an origin story of Cruella, yes. not the 101 Dalmatians. I would assume you probably won't see Dalmatians in this movie, but you may. Uh, well, I love Emma Stone. I love Emma Thompson. I think that Paul Walter Hauser should have won Best Actor for Richard Jewell. Oh, absolutely. And I, Tanya, frankly. Uh, this is a must-see movie. And it is PG-13. Yes. So they've gone a little more towards the, grown, the, uh, the Disney fans who have grown up. Mm-hmm. Go see this film. And not to mention, if you've seen the trailer, you see what they have done to Cruella, and she looks... Emma Emma Stone was just amazing as Cruella. Glenn Close was amazing as, as Cruella, but I think Emma is going to give just as good, if not better, performance. And then finally, American Traitor, The Trial of Axis Sally, a rated R drama starring Hua Al Pacino. Meadow Williams and Thomas Kreshman. Based on the true story, American Trader, The Trial of Axis Sally, follows the life of American woman Mildred Gillers and her lawyer, played by Al Pacino, who struggles to redeem her reputation. Dubbed Axis Sally for broadcasting Nazi propaganda to American troops during World War II, Mildred's story exposes the dark underbelly of the Third Reich's hate-filled propaganda machine, her eventual capture in Berlin, and subsequent trial for treason against the United States after 
the war. It's a big one. It's a part of World War II I had I've never heard mm-hmm. of. And I'm a World War II. Uh, you you like the yeah you like the history stuff. So, so yeah. uh, there you go, a heavy Histor- one. History history historian stuff. And hey, Austin, don't forget returning Friday five twenty eight. Fast Fridays continue with the fifth installment. Fast five. The best named of the series because it tells you immediately which one it is. You know they don't put a lot of thought into the names of these. The Fast and the Furious is one. Yeah, too fast, too furious is two. Something else is three. Tokyo Drift is three. Number four is Fast and Furious. Fat, right. No thes. This one's just Fast Five. And then you'll have six, seven, eight before the ninth comes out in right. June. This is all building up to the new release of Fast Nine. And these are free at Megaplex. 100% free. So go check out MegaplexTheaters.com. All right. Uh, let's get to our poll question responses. Because A Quiet Place Part 2 comes out this week, we asked on Twitter... At Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot One, at Zone Sports Net. What is the most suspenseful movie you've ever seen? I'm going straight to Larry's answer first. Okay. Larry Tissoni, film buyer from Megaplex Theaters. The Walk, starring Joseph Gordon Levitt, about that man who strung a wire between the World Trade Center towers in the 70s, mm-hmm. was very suspenseful. Watching that in IMAX 3D was crazy. I felt like I had to hold my breath the entire time he was on that wire. Amazing special effects. Johnny, this movie is so suspenseful, I didn't trust myself to go see it. Really? Uh, I've seen a documentary about Yeah, I was going to say, it's based on a true story. But uh, I I just could not handle that one, so there you go. Mm. You chased a trailer, Mike. Says different kind of suspense, maybe, but Uncut Gems was the first one that Mm -hmm. came to mind. We had a long talk after watching it and finally realized that most suspense movies have a scene here and there that let you up to give you a breather. Uncut Gems never did that. Adam Sandler got robbed. Should have been winning an Oscar for that. I, I would agree. I saw that movie, and I was I was very impressed because it's not a normal Adam Sandler it movie. It suffered from having Sandler in the key role. Cause yes, you expect comedy. Dis- well, people dismissed it because his movies haven't always been that great, especially when, right. when he's not being funny. <coughs> Jack and Jill! <coughs> Zach says, most recently was The Courier. Knives Out was good. How it was going to go was suspenseful. Charade was the best, or North by Northwest, or anything by Hitchcock. My wife says, watch her in the woods. Mm. Justin says, U571. Daniel says, 147 hours. Roger says, a quiet place or U571. Scott says, tie between Hurt Locker and Lone Survivor. Those are both Ooh, very suspenseful. Wow, yeah. Mark goes with, no escape. I got super stressed watching that one. I haven't seen no escape. Brandon says, Shutter Island. Wow, okay. I think, he, I think that's a sneaky one. That's yeah. A sne- yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. Kent says, a quiet place. First time we ever left having not touched our popcorn. So, yeah, we mentioned that there. Uh, to which Trent said, popcorn is too loud to eat during that movie. <laughs> Nate says, Nightcrawler had me on edge from start to finish. Get Out is also a good choice. Tyler says, Angels in the Outfield. No, Tyler. No. Jeff says, Armageddon. No. No. Neil says, The Omen. Okay. TJ says Apollo 13. Be the good. Bryce Peterson says The Ring. That's a horror movie. That's not a suspense movie. <laughs> Dark Knight is the only correct answer here, says Ryan. Todd says Sicario. Yes, Sicario is suspenseful. Both of them are great. The music is so intense, mm-hmm. says Lanny. Uh, and uh, Riser, Free Solo. And really, uh, Jessica also says Uncut Gems. I don't remember breathing the entire movie. Sprite Ute says Titanic. Travis agrees with Titanic. Lyle says The Joker. TJ says yeah. Saw, Psycho, Buried with Ryan Reynolds, or Seven. But circling back to uh, 
uh, Riser's answer, Free Solo. Oh, that's the answer for me. That's the, the one where most he, suspenseful movie. He free climbed um, Ca- El Capitan. El Capitan. Yeah, in Yosemite. Wow. Alex Hundled uh, Hundred. I can't remember his last name, but uh, it's it's not only an incredibly sus- suspenseful documentary that's watching this guy actually climb free climb El Capitan and he might die right there on screen. Yeah. But it's also a really a uh, good look into the world of, of Asperger's and autism and the spectrum of that and how people that have been diagnosed with those with, with, with those things uh, work on very different spectrums than anyone else diagnosed with. Oh, absolutely. And it, it opened my eyes to that world a little more. Uh, so it was a really good movie, but it is the most suspenseful movie I've ever seen. I want to circle back to one that you kind of skipped over quick. Sorry. Uh, you talked about The Joker. Oh, The Dark Knight. No, Joker. Oh, I didn't see Joker on there. I think you did. You just kind of skipped through it quick. Oh, sorry. Whoever you were, I didn't see it. Joker, uh, the, the, the the most recent version. Yeah, with, with Joaquin, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. That is a suspenseful movie. That is a good answer. Yes. Because any second during the whole movie, you're like, he's going to kill that person. Oh, he's going to kill that person. Oh, yeah. You're on the is edge. Is he going to kill that person? And then, yeah, there's maybe the grossest murder scene in all. <laughs> movie history is in that in that movie. Yeah, it's a movie so. I'll never see again, but I'm glad I saw it once. You know, that's interesting you mentioned that because I saw it twice. And after the first time, I said I'll never see it again. It was such a great movie, but I'd never want to see it again. Hey, uh, so there you go. That's our poll question this week. The most suspenseful movie you've ever seen. A Quiet Place Part 2, Cruella, and uh, American Traitor about Axis Sally. Those are your releases in Megaplex and other theaters here in the Valley this week. Go check them out. Let us know what you thought of them at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot. Coming out next week, though, Johnny, we had Michael Zucola on the show in January. Mm-hmm. He plays David Whitmer in a film called Witnesses. It's finally coming out this next week uh, on Friday, June 4th. He and Paul Withrich will join us, both actors in this film, to talk about it. And uh, I, I've seen it, and i got to tell you, a lot of people are going to regret it if they don't see this in the theater on the big screen. Okay. It's suspenseful in its own right, but it's also based on true events uh, in history and, uh, yes, Mormon history as well. So this market, it should do really well in this market, but I think it should do well in other, market, uh, in other markets also. So on the other side, we'll get your soundtrack of the week, and you'll hear from Paul Withrich and Michael Zucola of the film Witnesses right here on The Movie Zone. You're locked on to the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. 975-1280 The Zone, Johnny Lightfoot, Austin Horton. This is the Movie Zone. And Austin, what do you think? Not familiar. Not familiar? Not familiar. You're not digging the vibe? No, I, I, it's fine. I like it. I'm just not familiar. You know, funny enough, I'm not super familiar with him either. Okay. But Who I, is he? This is Dr. John. Not the... Uh, you know. Not the comedian from The Hangover. Oh, that's not who I, I was thinking more like the, the novelty boutique stores around these parts. Oh. Dr. John's. 
Very and good. And not the foot insert doctor? Not him either? Nope, nope, nope. It's Dr. Scholes. Okay. Well, let me tell you about him. Dr. John. Malcolm John Rebenack Jr. His name's not Doctor? No. What a liar. Born November 20th, 1941. Died June 6, 2019. Better known by his stage name, Dr. John was an American singer and songwriter. His music combined blues, pop, jazz, boogie-woogie, funk, <laughs> and rock and roll. You heard it all in there. Yeah. You got a little bit of everything. He was active as a studio musician from the late 50s until his death in 2019. He gained a following in the late 1960s after his release, Grizz Grizzend. He typically performed a lively theatrical stage show inspired by medicine shows, Mardi Gras costumes, and voodoo ceremonies. Mm -hmm. Okay. Dr. John recorded 30 studio albums and nine live albums, as well as contributing to thousands of other musicians' recordings. In 1973, he achieved a top 10 single with the song we just played, Right Place, Wrong Time. Dr. John. Yes. Doctor. Soundtrack of the week. I assume he's been in movies? His songs? Yes, he has. Uh, his movie credits include, Austin, Martin Scorsese's documentary The Last Waltz, which he joined the band for a performance of his songs Such As Night, the 1978 Beatles-inspired musical Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and, <laughs> and Blues Brothers 2000, in which he joined the fictional band the, Louis the, excuse me, the Louisiana Gator Boys to perform the songs How Blue Can You Get and New Orleans. Oh. Of course, he's also had a song in uh, uh, the Donovan song in Season of the Witch, and he had a song, Cruella DeVille, in the movie 101 Dalmatians. Now, sadly, Dr. John had a heroin addiction. However, in December of 1989, he completed his final rehabilitation stint with the help of Narconics narcotics anonymous and remain clean the rest of his life wow good for him that so that's another 20 years after that before he died that he was clean he was clean for awesome. 20 years yep ended up winning six grammys and was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame by singer john legend actually in 30 March. years 30 years 30 years 30 yes 89 and he died in 2019 yes yeah 30 years clean that's amazing that's awesome well he was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame by singer john legend in march 2011 well, Dr. John, our soundtrack of the week and our lesson in music history there. Speaking of lessons in history, John, are you ready for our interview? Yes. Our industry interview this week, the movie Witnesses, comes out Friday, June 4th. It's, a star, it's about the witnesses who say they saw the golden plates that Joseph Smith uh, claims to have gotten from an angel, Moroni. Stuff I believe, mm -hmm. stuff Johnny doesn't believe. Moroni was an alien. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. He wasn't. He's a real man. He was really, it really <laughs> happened. But we can agree to disagree and still be friends. Yes, of course. And we can both see this movie and enjoy it. Without further ado, let's get out to the zone phone and talk with the stars of the film, witnesses, uh, Paul Wuthrich and Michael Zucola. Michael is back on the, on the movie zone. And Michael, I pronounced your name correctly this time, right? You did. You got it. Um, I was, I was, I was waiting for it. I was like, let's see what he's got. But no, that uh, it rolled right off the tongue. Very nice. You know, Michael. Typically, I'm the one that can never pronounce the first name or the last name. So uh, it, it's you know, so it's a good thing I didn't respond to that. Yeah, I, I mispronounce well, no. last names. Johnny mispronounces first names. That's I pronounce all, mispronounce all names. I, I, and there are there are many words I still can't pronounce to this day. So I, you know, we're all we're all 
we're all we're all in the same boat there. Michael plays David Whitmer in the film. Also joining us is Paul Wuthrich. Paul, you play Joseph Smith. Welcome to the Movie Zone. How are you? Hey, thank you so much. I'm I'm doing well. Glad to be here with you guys. Let's start with you, Paul, uh, and then we'll get to, to Michael as well. Paul, sure. you're. I noted when I called you, I called a Utah phone number. I assume you're a Utah actor here in the in the valley. I am Utah born and raised, and uh, I'm a local guy. I like to stay close to the mountains, so I'm not going anywhere. So tell us about this movie that uh, is based uh, on the witnesses that uh, say they saw the gold plates that Joseph Smith translated into the Book of Mormon. You growing up in Utah, you know about this background. You know about this story. We talked with Michael back in January about uh, how he learned about it. But I want to know from your personal life, Paul, how you then translated that into playing Joseph Smith on screen. Yeah, you know, even growing up in the LDS faith and community, it's it's something you're familiar with, um, at least the names, but it turns out not a lot of people know the actual story, uh, even inside the church. When I talk to people, I mean, even if they can name the names, they don't know a ton of information about these guys, which is crazy because their role was so key in the history of the church and everything that they went through, the fact that we don't know them very well um, is kind of shocking. And so um, that was that was cool for me to learn. I'm I'm a big student of of church history, and so you know I've I've grown up studying a lot about about the history and especially surrounding Joseph Smith. Um, but there were even things that I didn't know about you know Michael's character David Whitmer and Martin Harris that were pretty eye opening as I read the script, studied for the role, and it just kind of changes the way you think about all of these men and everything they went through. Now, now, Michael, let me ask you a quick question here. Obviously, this is a religious-based film, but for the people sure. that are non-religious, uh, say myself, would this be something that they could go in not necessarily knowing the background, but still understand what's going on and be able to catch on pretty quickly and enjoy the movie? Oh, I, I, absolutely. Um, I, mean, I mean, really what it, what it what it really boils down to is it, it's the story of what these men uh, went through, uh, you know, uh, it, when, when this was all coming coming to be. And I think that's really th- what's most important is the story itself to, for all intents and purposes, to witness yourself what these men uh, uh, did together and, and achieved. And I think with that alone, um, I don't. I don't think you have to be a, a, a religious or or an LDS member per se uh, to really appreciate this, and that's why that's why this film is really important. I, I think and, and very special. I had the opportunity this afternoon to to see the film, and it was really really well done. And I especially uh, was very much affected by the opening scenes of the film and the closing scenes of the film. And I don't want to give anything away, but the opening of the film and the, and near the end of the film are, are there's a, there's a flashback and it ties back in together, but those were some intense, incredibly emotional moments uh, David, you are in the scenes I, I'm talking about. Well, don't uh, give too much away because I haven't even seen it. Oh, yet. haven't you? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I was like, where, where I was going no, with. Yeah, I'm, I'm hanging. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat right now. And, and when Dumbledore die. dies, I was blown okay, away. Okay. okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah. uh, but my question, uh, Michael, and then Paul, I'd like you to answer after Michael finishes as well. Is I'm watching this going. 
okay, Mormon cinema, quote unquote, has come so far from uh, God's Army back in the the mm. junior high days of of myself, and, and even local smaller productions like The Singles Ward, uh, it's come so far. I'm I'm watching a real Hollywood big time production here, aren't I, Michael? What was it like working on this film uh, compared to other things you've worked on as far as a uh, big time production value goes? Yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, again, what you just said, the production quality alone of this film was, was uh, just awe-inspiring, truly. I mean, I've, I've, ne- I, I've been a part of some, some, some fairly big projects and, 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 and whatnot, but this was on a scale of – it was almost like each day I would discover, like, wow, I had no idea this was happening, or I had no idea uh, – uh, wow, you're, we're flying to Canada? Like, oh, my goodness, uh, you know, you're coming to Massachusetts. Um, just the, the – the, the scale alone of what was involved and how many people were involved. And I had, I mean, I rode horses for crying out loud. Uh, you know, it was just, it was really, it was really something else. And again, even now I'm still finding out things like, Oh wow, this is like, I've never done a radio interview before. You know, and it's and it's just neither it's, have we, by the way. We are we're learning together, and it's <laughs> and learning is fun. You know what I mean, and and that's what this is. But just the the, the real scale of it, and each day is there's something more to discover, and it's it's really something else, and and it's just such it's it's so very special. This was this was a really very special. Um, opportunity for me and Michael how did how did that play uh, being in a film like this you've seen all those other films probably that I mentioned as well uh, sure. th- how far has quote-unquote Mormon cinema come you've now been part of it uh, you know from the things that I have seen um, th- this is like a, a graduation if, if I may this is like a, this is truly a step up uh, and Paul we spoke briefly because Paul has seen it and he was, he was describing it to me of how just to see it on the big screen and to see what it is and to hear it with a score and just everything. It, uh, it, it, it's how far this has really come from. And again, I haven't even seen it. I haven't seen witnesses yet. And I'm just, I can't wait. I really can't. I really can't wait. I think, thanks for jumping in there. I did address that to you, Michael. I meant to address it to Paul. So Paul, go ahead and answer the, the question. See, I, this, we're learning together here, like Michael said. Listen, listen, we're all. I'm just going to wipe the sweat from my forehead real quick. Just give me a sec. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with Michael. And obviously, yeah, I've, I've kind of grown up and, and seen a lot of these films, you know, in Mormon cinema, as you'd say. And I think one thing that this film does very well is its dedication to the honesty of the story. Uh, you know, like Michael mm-hmm. said, we filmed for a week in Canada, a week in Upper Massachusetts, and then two weeks in Salt Lake City. And we did that because, you know, the filmmakers wanted to be as honest as possible with every aspect. And so, you know, they knew they couldn't go shoot in the woods, you know, even the mountains up in Utah, because it's just not going to look like Upper State New York. So they flew the whole cast and crew out there to film. And that goes for everything. I think one of the things I love about this film, too, is the honesty to the characters um, mm. mm-hmm. has come such a long way in Mormon cinema. You know, I, I've seen Joseph Smith portrayed dozens of times, and I've always felt like he was just a little too above human, you know, almost untouchable and approachable. And, I, and I've always wanted to 
I've always had this dream of playing him in, in a very raw and human way. And they scripted Joseph in a way that I've never seen him portrayed before. And they show these men as very human, very flawed, um, which you just don't get to see very often. And I think it really speaks to the the commitment to the truth and the story, but also the quality, because I think that really shows through um, that they were dedicated to that. And it doesn't come across um, like, you know, like whitewashing anything or trying to idolize these guys. You know, it's very honest. It's Mm -hmm. very honest. Now, now Michael, I've uh, I've watched a little bit of the movie and I I do have to say, I know we're not technically calling it a local production, but let's for the sake of a call it a local production here. The way that this looks looks big time. This looks right. like it was shot with million-dollar cameras on million-dollar sets, and being a local production, you don't always get that opportunity or that type of look mm-hmm. with this. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about what you used in filming this movie to make it stand out, make it look like it has that $37, $70, 100000000 million budget, which maybe it did. Well, I mean, if, you know, uh, Mark, Mark Goodman and, and Russ, they can certainly uh, talk more about, about that and, and what was used, but, I, I, you know, I know that we were using the, uh, the Red Dragon <laughs> uh, you know, which I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, this is why I'm an actor. But from what I, from what I understand about that camera and everything involved with it, it's the state, it's the one that you want to have. Uh, you know, if if Peter Jackson says it's a good camera, then I'm sure it's a pretty good camera yeah. to have. Uh, and and just also like Paul was saying, the, the the very locations that we were at and went to, there was there was nothing reconstructed. You know, the, we went to places where the, these these buildings are here. The foundation is here. You know, they, they're in the earth. They're in the soil, um, and, and it's it, it's really uh, something. How authentic it really was. And going back to what Paul said about these characters, they're they're very human. There's there's nothing superhuman about them, which I think is extremely important to the telling of this story. You have to remember that these were real men these were real people you know and uh and i think i I, and just like where we shot in the environment and what was created i think the the authenticity in all aspects of this film is is why it looks so beautiful and why it looks and and why it's uh just again i i I can't wait to to see what the the final product did they uh did they happen to shoot any of the film here in utah any part of it oh yeah yes yep we shot uh, Paul. We shot in Salt Salt Lake, right? Provo. Um, um, yep. So, yeah. We we spent two weeks filming at uh, This Is the Place Monument. So a lot of the interiors, yeah, yep. we yep. used those old pioneer homes. Uh, but a lot of the exteriors were shot in Upper Upper Canada Village and uh, Massachusetts, so that you could yeah, get old, that old Sturbridge, old Sturbridge Village in Mass. Yep. Oh, cool. Cool. Nice. Uh, a, a bunch of haunted places is where you shot yes, this movie. Yes, they were. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they really certainly were. were. Well, Witnesses comes out next Friday, June the 4th. It was the uh, – it, it won uh, an award uh, at the uh, uh, Utah Filmmakers uh, uh, Award Show. It was the movie release of the summer uh, is what uh, the Utah Filmmakers Association has dubbed this. Witnesses, Paul Withrich starring as Joseph Smith, Michael Zucola playing David Whitmer. And last thing from both of you as we close this out – what uh, what do you hope people get out of this? Let's start with Paul. What do you hope the the Joe and Jill six pack that happened to go to the theater and see witnesses gets out of this? Paul, you go ahead, and then Michael, you wrap it. Sure. You know, I think my hope would be that uh, if 
if you are if somebody's a member of the church and they go and see this, they have a little more understanding and empathy for what these men went through. Um, I think it's really easy to judge historical people based on today's standards. And uh, for me, at least filming it, that was a huge lesson I learned was just to really have empathy for what these guys went to. I had no idea the sacrifices they made. And for anybody that is just wants an entertaining movie, um, to see just, you know, the price of having faith and believing in something and that, and it's, and that that's worth it, you know, whether it's a religion or not or God or not, you know, to have faith in something and to stick to your guns and to uh, sacrifice for a, for a good cause. You know, just, just really, you know, writing on, on what Paul said here, uh, it, it, it's powerful to believe. And I've been saying that um, with, you know, since the beginning of this, it's really powerful to believe. And, and again, the sacrifices that these men made, the, 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 the people as a whole made, um, and how extremely important it is to adhere to your beliefs and the importance of sacrifice for the greater good. And no matter if you're religious, if you follow the faith or not, hopefully this can translate um, to you in, in, in a meaningful way, and you can take what you can from it. Where will uh, be, be, excuse me? Where will people be able to check this out? So this is being released nationwide. Um, I don't even know how many theaters there are right now because every time I check, there are more. But yeah, you can you go to witnessfilm.com. And you can see a list of all the theaters. And if, if it's not in your town, you can type it in, a theater in your local town, so you can request it to come to you at witnessesfilm.com. Well, gentlemen, I, it, it all sounds great. It sounds wonderful. Like I said, I saw the movie. I'm, I'm sorry that I've seen it and you haven't. Uh, so we it, might so have to fix good, that. It was good, right? It was good. It, it was really, okay. really good. Thank and goodness. and I, I, will, I will say that someone out there like Johnny might look at it and say, oh, a, a Mormon movie, that's not for me. No, 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 no. It's not a Mormon right. movie. This is a movie that involves history that Mormons were involved in. It's not a right, Mormon right. movie. It's not preaching at you. It's not trying to convert you. And I promise that opening scene will grip your stomach and you will not want to look away the rest of the film. Oh, it was wait. really good. Really well done. Congrats. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. There you go. Paul Withrich playing Joseph Smith. Michael Zucola playing David Whitmer. The movie is Witnesses. And I meant what I said there, Johnny. I think everyone that sees this movie will come away liking and loving most of it, if not all of it. You, you know, you're right. And during the interview, I'm, I'm kind of being just funny and joking around. But I actually have it on in front of me right now. And that's 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 a true story. And I'm watching it. And this looks amazing. There is the, the filming, as I mentioned in that interview, just it looks really good. Well, our poll question this week about suspenseful movies, this movie opens in one of the most suspenseful, gut-grabbing ways I've ever seen right. a movie open. And in. that's what's on right now. Yeah, yeah. And and watching it, it I mean, yeah, I, I don't typically watch the Mormon cinema, and I know we're not calling it that, but... That's what I'm calling but, but it. But it, it kind of it, it falls a, into it, right? Well, it's not a Mormon film. It's not a Mormon movie. What I meant by that was... This is not put out by the Church of no. Jesus Christ of Latter-day no. Saints. No, it's not. This is a story. In fact, there are things talked about and portrayed in this movie that if the church themselves were putting it out, they probably would have tweaked it a little bit. Sure, they would so have added it. So I think you're getting it, yeah. more of a raw, honest movie portrayal of these events. Uh, and uh, I think everyone, Mormon or not, will have a good time at the movie seeing this thing. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, just watching this, and it's literally on in front of me. I'm watching it right now, this opening scene where they're at the fire and that whole thing, and that's all I'm saying. But uh, I think people will enjoy it. It may not be the right movie for me, but I think if you are not familiar with the faith, that you might 
really enjoy seeing this movie and seeing what you've heard so much about. Coming up next, we'll wrap up this week's edition of The Movie Zone with a From the Archives, give you some known, unknown, and little-known facts about a classic movie. We talked about uh, Cruella earlier with Emma Stone. Mm -hmm. There's a hint. Mm -hmm. We'll get to it next here on The Movie Zone. Cruella DeVille, Cruella DeVille. You're locked on to The Movie Zone. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Final segment this week here on The Movie Zone. He's Johnny Lightfoot. I'm Austin Horton. You're hearing our soundtrack of the week, our artist of the week, Dr. John. New Orleans, Dr. John. The the version that you're hearing of Cruella DeVille because of... The movie coming out this week. Should Cruella. I say? Yes, Cruella. But then this segment uh, is from the archives. We give you known, unknown, and little-known facts about a movie that's at least 10 years old. And Johnny this week selected not the animation 101 Dalmatians. No. But no. the live-action starring Glenn Close 101 Dalmatians. You know, Austin, Which is I, just a horrible movie. It is, and I'll talk <laughs> about that in a second. I was but, so disappointed. But when I saw when I chose the movie for this week's throwback, I couldn't help but think of you. A rated G Disney movie <laughs> is right up your alley. And but tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> okay. 1996's 101 Dalmatians, directed by Stephen Herrick, writers Dee Dee Smith, and you have any idea who the Brian other? Regan? Ooh, not even close. But not that Brian Regan. John Hughes. No. Yes. That John Hughes. What year did this come out? 1996. Hadn't he passed away? I don't know. It's not according to this. Is it that John Hughes? It's a John Hughes. Yeah, okay. All right. right. But it says John Hughes, and I'm assuming it's the same one because there's a fact later on about that. Okay. Starring Glenn Close, Jeff Daniels, Jolie Richardson, Hugh Laurie, Mark Williams, music by Michael Kagman, sorry, Michael Kamen, rated G with a runtime of 103 minutes, budget of $75 million, and Austin, worldwide gross, $320 million. This was one of those first live-action remakes ever it, done by Disney. Yes, it was. and they It had, was a huge deal. They had a long way to go from this one. <laughs> they sure did. But I liked it at the time. I, I think most people did. It was fun. Glenn Close was amazing in it. I mean, I was uh, 12 years old. At she the time. was Cruella. Tell me that she wasn't. She nailed it. Glenn Close is a terrific actress. She can play any part. She can. She can. Doesn't matter. Male, female, doesn't matter. She does it well. However, Rotten Tomatoes and the fans agree 41% and 40 respectively. This is a flop considered by critics and fans. Jeff Daniels once talked about this movie as the the first real money he made in Hollywood, and that's the only reason he took the gig. Really? Yeah. That's he said he's never watched it. He's helping himself out then, for <laughs> sure. Well, a little trivia, Austin. 230 Dalmatian puppies and 20 adult Dalmatians were used during the filming. 300? Sorry, I said 200. Did I say 300? 200. And still. 230 Dalmatians. Why? You know. You can't. They got school. You can't CGI copy some puppies on There this? wasn't that kind of good CGI That's back there. That's true, yeah. And, of course, uh, when receiving... When the puppies received collars, Jewel, who was one of the dogs, collar is pink, indicating that she is a female. Uh-huh. How? 
ever. Jewel is played by. If you look very closely. Ah, <laughs> that's uh, yeah. the puppy playing Jewel is a male. There's some anatomy there. There's a little problem that, there that a female puppy would be missing. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I have so much I could say, but I won't. No, times have changed since then. And I know. And, and, you know, for good measure, too. And just for anyone that was concerned, yes, a veterinarian was always on set while filming, just in case one of the Dalmatians got sick. Okay. All right. They had to say that. Enough with the dogs. Okay. (laughs) Glenn Close initially rejected the role of Cruella due to scheduling conflicts with the stage musical, and I've never heard of this, Sunset Boulevard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The producers then offered the role to Sigourney Weaver. Okay. I can't see that. I could. Who also declined. Kathy Morty did a screen test for the role, but was later deemed too frightening. Never heard of For her. a children's movie. Who's she? I guess Kathy, Kathy Morty? Yeah. Huh. By that time, uh, Glenn Close had ended her run on Broadway, and when the producers offered her the role, she took it. Okay. All right, Glenn Close felt that the writer and producer, John Hughes, wrote Cruella DeVille as too soft a villain, hoping to play a, let's just say meanier and funnier. They have different uh, words there, but let's say mean, <laughs> meanier and funnier. Are one of those words involving female dogs? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hoping to play a meanier and funnier take than what Hughes had envisioned, she turned to 101 Dalmatians from 1961 for inspiration and, delight, and uh, delighted delightfully mean several lines of the dialogue seen in politically incorrect version. Uh-huh. There was some pretty uh, wrong things in the 1960s that weren't, that weren't considered right. Yeah, yeah. Early 60s. And mid-90s now. And, and that, some of the things point. that they said was Cruella's open suggestions to bludgeoning and drowning the dogs. Yeah. Close felt, Close felt that making the character more extreme made her more well-divined. The whole deal is seeing the villain get her competence. Okay? The effort worked strong enough that Close terrified several animals on set. She even scared the dogs, Austin. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, despite the character's passion for fur coats, Glenn Close insisted her character wear fake fur. Good job there. Now, you mentioned Jeff Daniels, who plays Roger in this movie. And, and we all know he's pretty much a comedic genius, and that was discovered in the movie Dumb and Dumber, right? Sure. Well, Jeff Daniels says that on more than one occasion, he heard an authoritative voice on the dog, basically in charge of the dog, say, Set! And immediately plopped himself into a chair, only to be told, not you, Jeff. I see. I, I don't believe that he really believed they were talking to him. I no. think he's just a goofball. He's just a goofball yeah. and did that. I think <laughs> that's brilliant, though. One more. One or two more. Oh, wow. Okay, well, the production crew rubbed Jeff Daniels' face with raw hot dogs in order to get the puppies to lick him <laughs> on cue. Gross, right? Oh, my gosh. I, oh, <laughs> move on. Okay, so move now, uh, Austin, remember we were discussing we were discussing John Hughes and we asked if it was the real one or not, right? Yeah. Approximately 17,000 items of merchandise were produced in support of this movie, and writer and producer John Hughes made more money from this movie than any other movie in his career because his contract gave him a piece of the merchandising profits. Wow. He took a, he took a page right out of George Lucas's book there. And all those Happy Meal toys that were sold. He got <laughs> a, a penny from each of them. Yes. And final one here, Austin. After all 101 Dalmatians have been rescued and loaded up in the police cars to be taken home, Pongo, 
The male dog barks twice out of the car to, to the hero dog, who barks three times in reply. Right, and if you give it in context, that rhythm says, thank you, and you're welcome. Aha. Uh-huh. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. All right, sorry. That was last week's show, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> All right, there you go. 101 Dalmatians, the 1996 live action. Austin's favorite movie. Emma Stone, starring as Cruella de Vil, uh, as we mentioned earlier today, uh, in De Cruella, the movie. I, out now in theaters. I know I mentioned this, but uh, this Cruella, I think, is going to far surpass 101 Dalmatians. Well, Johnny, you know what else will far surpass uh, an old show? What's next that? week's show and this week's show. Okay. So this week's show will be surpassed by next week's show. You are correct. All right. He's Johnny Lightfoot. I'm Austin Horton. Our thanks to uh, Michael Zucola and Paul Wuthrich of the movie Witnesses coming out next week. And our thanks to Larry Tissoni of Megaplex, as always, each and every week for the great info. Uh, A Quiet Place 2, Cruella, those are the big movies out this week. So go see them. Let us know what you thought. He's at Johnny Lightfoot 1 on Twitter. I'm at Austin Horton. Until next week, enjoy your Jazz Playoff basketball. Catch us on the Jazz Playoff Overtime Show. Yes. And we'll talk to you then. Until next week, this is the Movie Zone.